Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to Sports Box. I'm your host, Jude, as always. And today we're back. And today we are doing an NBA podcast, which, I, which I'm really excited to do because I feel I have done an injustice of not covering the basketball world enough. Um, I typically, you know, I, I feel like I get a few podcasts out, but then I kind of forget to cover it because, you know, I, I love to talk football, but I also love to talk basketball. And it, it is something that I really enjoy too. And, and since the playoffs are here, um, because we, we've had the first few days of them, I, I want to get into talking more about playoffs. So this playoffs, I'm going to I'm going to try to cover it more. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to cover every single game. That doesn't mean I'm going to cover every single moment. But talk about the bigger storylines that are in it. Um, and I feel I'm going to kick it off a great way. Uh, we're talking about two series that I find to be most intriguing. Um, but before we get to that, I, w- I just want to talk about the playoffs as a whole this year. Because I, I think this year is something that we haven't really seen in recent years. And that's a breath of fresh air. Um, and I'm going to keep kind of re re-saying that phrase, but it, it truly is a breath of fresh air that we're getting in this year's playoffs. And I say that because of the youth that we are starting to see in the NBA, right? Look, I, I'm a big LeBron guy, um, a really big LeBron guy. I, obviously, as a Lakers fan, I have to be a LeBron guy, but even before he joined the Lakers, was always a LeBron guy. And, you know, LeBron obviously is the staple of the NBA. When you think of the NBA and the, the current players right now, you think of LeBron, KD, Steph, uh, probably Giannis in that conversation, maybe, you know, a little deeper, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, guys like that. But Re- LeBron is the pinnacle of the NBA when you think about it, right? He, he is the top guy, but he's not in the playoffs this year. And as much as it pains me as a Lakers fan to say that, I think it's something that's kind of refreshing for the NBA, right? We're so used to having the conversation, oh, is LeBron going to run it back this year, right? Is he going to repeat it this year? But now we're talking about teams like the Memphis Grizzlies. What are they capable of? The Phoenix Suns, are they going to try to get back to the promised land? The Miami Heat, you know, after a disappointing 2021 They're back at the one seed with 53 wins. What about the Minnesota Timberwolves with a young, young course starring Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns? What about the Boston Celtics having a very, very rough start, but then climbing climbing their way back to the two seed by the helps of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who have become probably one of the most dangerous duos in this league? Obviously, you still have your Steph Curry's and your Kevin Durant's in this year's playoffs. But but what I'm trying to say is we're we're, we're getting a new slate of youth, and not only not only guys like that, but Trey Young with the Atlanta Hawks, um, and that that whole team in Atlanta is filled with young talent. You have you know Chicago with Zach Levine, um, Demar Derozan. He's obviously a little older. Uh, Toronto, a very very young team, you know, led by the rookie Scotty Barnes, but also Pascal Siakam, um, OG Ananobi, uh, Chris Brochet, um, Gary Trent, a very young team um, in that respect. Philadelphia, you have a guy in Tyrese Maxey who's almost becoming a section a second option over James Harden, right? You have a team in Golden State where Steph Curry is coming off the bench while he did score thirty four tonight. He's coming off the bench, and you got a guy in Jordan Poole, a third year player who was who started in the G League last year, is now playing pivotal minutes for the Golden State Warriors. You got Luka Doncic in Dallas. You have Donovan Mitchell leading the charge in Utah. You have Nikola Jokic 
really, I mean, just absolutely carrying this Denver team, even though they're down now 2-0 um, to Golden State. You're, he's carrying the load. You have Minnesota, who we're really going to get into later in this podcast. And then you have a New Orleans team, while they're probably not going to get past the first round, potential is there with C.J. McCollum really having you know a fantastic year in New Orleans. Brandon Ingram and, and just a y- bunch of young guys, Trey Murphy, um herb jones uh guys like that also you know really making a name for themselves in new orleans and 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 so i'm listing these names and maybe not all these names are you know coming to mind for you but i'm just saying that it is such a breath of fresh air to be able to talk about all these teams and all these new teams and all these young players who are coming into the league and and some of these players are going to be the face of the league uh and 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 there's no doubt in my mind that we're the that we are going to be watching. If, if you watch some of these games, you are going to see guys and be like, okay, I'm I'm watching this guy right now and I'm going to watch him in 10 years and he's going to be the, an amazing player. Not that he already is an amazing player, but we're going to see him in 10 years and be like, man, remember when we saw him in his first playoffs? Remember when we saw him in his first? Now he's going to his like 10th straight playoffs. Whatever it might be, I think this year's playoffs, while it doesn't have a LeBron, is a breath of fresh air. And, and we can enjoy the playoffs and, and watch a lot of these almost mid-market teams. I mean, you have Memphis, a two-seat, a mid-market team. Phoenix, yeah, okay, Phoenix has been good, mid-market team. You know, Utah, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, um, Atlanta, not really Atlanta, um, Toronto, Milwaukee, you know, Miami, not really Miami, but you have a lot of these mid-market teams rather than you know your your Lakers. You know your your Clippers. Uh, your 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 Knicks. You know I, I I really do think that the NBA is is going in the right direction with all the young talent it has. But I want to get to two series specifically, and I want to talk about them because I, I to me these are the two series that I'm really tuning into. So if you're like me and you love sports. These are the two series you're going to want to watch in the first round. And they've already, you know, already played their first game, but not too late to miss the rest of the series because I'm telling you, these are going to be some good series. And I'm going to start with the Nets versus Celtics. Um, obviously, the Celtics came up on top 115 to 114. But before I get into talking about the game, I want to talk about Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving, before I get into the whole thing that happened with him and the, and the Celtics fans yesterday, You know when you're watching a special player. Like, if you've seen enough sports, you know when you're watching a guy like Kyrie Irving. Um, and, and I'm going to all sports. A guy like Lamar Jackson. A guy like Patrick Mahomes. Um, LeBron James. Giannis. When you're watching guys like the Luka Doncic. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. But especially Kyrie Irving. When you watch a guy like that, you can just tell how special these guys are. And I want to point to Kyrie Irving specifically because every time I turn on a game and I watch Kyrie Irving, he is an absolute magician with the ball. A absolute magician. I mean, I watch him and I say, how do you, how do you even get that shot off? I mean, how do you even get that shot off? Um, and, and, and that's what's remarkable to me. And so I, I Kyrie Irving got to be one of my favorite players to watch, right? Um, I'm not saying that I watch him a lot, but when I when I when I watch games, when I watch Brooklyn games now, I love to watch Kyrie. He's just an absolute magician, like I said. 
And, and the great thing about it is Kyrie's very humble. And that's what I like the most. Yes, okay, you could say whatever about his, you know, off-court situation with the whole COVID situation. But when he plays the game and when he talks, he's a very, very humble guy. Uh, for the most part. For the most part. But when I mean a player, he's not, like, you know, overconfident sometimes. But for the most part, he's a very humble guy. Um, and, and there's just a lot. To me, I have, I have lots of respect for Kyrie Irving in, in, in the play that he does. Because, man, it... I'm telling you now, there is not going to be another guy like Kyrie Irving. You know, there might be a guy with similar ball skills, but just the way that he moves is just so smooth. I mean, it's it's truly a sight to see. And if 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 you're kind of new to watching the NBA, man, just just search up Kyrie Irving highlights because you I could watch those for hours. I mean, it's just it, he he's a fantastic player, and there's no doubt about it. But to his actual performance, um, so in the five games that he's played against Boston. He's been a beast. Okay, so in five games, he's averaged 30 points, seven assists, six and a half rebounds. He shot 50% from the field and 45% from three. In game one against the Boston Celtics, he had 39, five, six, and had 18 in the fourth quarter. But it wasn't just the performance by Kyrie Irving that was entertainment. It was the actions now there were there were clips that you probably saw of him flipping off fans, throwing you know the middle finger behind the back of his head, uh, the the post game comments he had, and a lot of people got heated. <laughs> okay, a lot of people, a lot of people got heated. Not even Celtics fans. A lot of you know Shaq and Charles uh, Barkley were were on you know their 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 show, the NBA TNT uh, inside the NBA, and love them. They're great. And so, and so they made remarks about saying, you know, Kyrie Irving, it, that's not something you do. You know, man up or whatever. I'm going to disagree with them on that. And, 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 and look, they're experts in their own right and, and they know the game very, very well. But I think they're missing something. And I understand what they're and, – and they try to make the remark of, you know, it was almost like it looked like Kyrie Irving was letting the fans get into him, like it, under his skin. But I don't think that was the case. I just feel that, and Kyrie Irving said it the best, it's the playoffs. There is a different atmosphere when you enter the playoffs. So, when you play a game in the playoffs, it's not you just playing the game, but it's you're playing the the, the fans you're, and you're playing the game. And so what I find... And, and, and why I agree with Kyrie and the actions that he did. Now, I, I, I will say that the, the flipping off and throwing the middle finger behind your back, it's a little over the top, but I can understand it. And I, I'm, not here to, I'm not here to bash him. And I, I think he has the right to do it. I mean, Boston fans, it, it, I feel like people forget, Boston fans haven't been nice to him. I mean, it, it, not even nice, but they, they've almost been, you know, threatening to him i mean the last playoffs they threw a water bottle at him attempting to hit him in the head i mean if i'm Kyrie Irving, i'm going to that i'm going to every game in the garden and i'm <laughs> i'm going to be a menace so i understand i i understand the perspective from Kyrie irving and where he's coming from look yes maybe he left in an in a at a sour time with the boston celtics but it doesn't mean you got to threaten his life or throwing a water bottle at him. 
So I don't think it, it, it looks like it's getting under his skin. To me, it looks like, oh, you're going to disrespect me. I'm going to come back at you. Like that, that's to me what it looks like. And I think he has the all, he has all the right to do it. And he has the right to do it because his game is speaking for himself too. Look, if he would have went out there, thrown up the middle finger, made these comments about, um, you know, he had this one comment um, where he basically said, um, if somebody going to call me out on my name, I'm going to look at them straight in the eye and see if they really bout it. Most of the time they're not, which I absolutely love that comment. I think he has the right to say that, and especially because he dropped 39 points. If Kyrie Irving would have gone out there and dropped a cool six points, shot one for 10 from the field, and played god-awful, I think we're talking about a different situation. But since he went out there and balled and absolutely put on a show on the road, I think it gives you the right to talk. I think it gives you the absolute right to talk. Like I said, the middle finger, whatever, that might be over the top. But he, it, it's expressing emotion. And, and to me, I love that. And, and, and I, I think that's the great thing about sports. There's not a lot of other places where you get to express your emotion in such an enthusiastic way. Sports gives you that ability. So that's just Kyrie Irving being enthusiastic. So are we dissing on a player because he's being enthusiastic? It's the same situation with Minnesota when they won the playing game against the Clippers. Yes, maybe they celebrated like it was an NBA championship, but who cares? They hadn't been to the playoffs in, what, 20 years? They're allowed to be enthusiastic about that moment. And and, and so that's why I feel us tearing down Kyrie Irving because he's being truly enthusiastic about this game of basketball that he truly loves. I think it's a bunch of BS. I I, I just don't think we should tear him down, especially that he had 39 points, 18 in the fourth quarter, and almost hit the game-winning shot if it wasn't for a last-second heroic spin from Jason Tatum to finish that layup and go and beat the, the Nets by one. You know? So I I absolutely love it. I stand by Kyrie Irving in, in that regard. But talking about the Nets real quick, because it's a lot more than just Kyrie in the series. KD was not on point. Um, and obviously, I'm not too worried about KD because, well, it's Kevin Durant. You know, he's a generational scorer, maybe even the greatest scorer of all time. Uh, that's, that's a different debate for a different topic for a different time. Um, but regardless, KD is going to be KD. And, and I'm, not, I'm not here to bash KD. Yes, he had a poor game. He had as many shots as points, 24 shots, 24 points. That's not great. And he really didn't play well. And, and, and this, is, this is to both Kyrie Irving and KD. They've got to play better defense. Um, as much as I just praise Kyrie Irving and the, and the magician he is on offense, they've got to play defense because this Nets team cannot win if they don't play defense. And the reason I say that is because as great as they are offensively, and, and they these are all-time greats that we are watching on, on offense, if they can't defend and they're giving up that many points, I can't trust anybody on this Nets roster to also put up 25. I can't. You know, maybe you have your occasional Seth Curry game um, where he gives you 25, but I can't trust that enough to say, oh, you guys don't need to play defense so Steph Curry, Seth Curry can drop 25. I can't, I can't do that. And so that's my concern with the Nets. They are going to have to play better defense. And, and, I, and this is going for everyone. 
KD, Kyrie Irving, all of them, they are going to have to play better defense. But that doesn't mean that guys like Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, um, Nicholas Claxton, Goran Dragic, they had themselves a good game. But all four of those guys are going to have to consistently play well, especially Seth Curry. They are going to need that three-point shooting. You cannot shoot one for four from three-pointers from the three-point range and expect to win a game. You can't. Especially with how bad your defense was, you just can't do it. And so that's why I look at the Celtics team and man, Jason Tatum is unbelievable. Jason Tatum, I mean, I really think it's time to put him in the same room as Kevin Durant. And I'm not saying put him as the same room as greatness wise because Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum still has things he needs to do to get to that greatness. But as right as of right now, we're just talking current, he's in the same room as Kevin Durant. In fact, He's drinking the same cup of Joe as Kevin Durant. Because what I've seen Jason Tatum do this year and what I saw him do in game one, I don't see why he's not. I don't see why he's not drinking the same cup of Joe, sitting on the couch with him and chilling with Kevin Durant and watching basketball. I don't see why he's not. Because he is that talented. It wasn't, it wasn't just the, the tough shots he was hitting. It was the defense at the end of game that I was like, okay, he wants this. You know, the, the last possession that led to the game winner, when he had to, when, when Kevin Durant had the ball with a good six seconds, look, Kevin Durant is lengthy, not an easy guy to guard. He locked him down, made him force a deep, deep three. Those are the game-changing moments that you love to see from your superstars. And I haven't seen that from Kevin Durant. Haven't seen that from Kyrie Irving defensively. Defensively. So... And plus, Boston had four guys with 20-plus points. 20-plus points. That's the difference. Because if Jason Tatum goes out in game two and plays an all right game, doesn't have his 31-8-4 type of game, right? I can still trust Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart to win a game. I can. I can't trust Seth Curry and Bruce Brown, and just Kyrie Irving to win a game. I mean, the stars would have to align, right? If both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving don't play well, or at least one of them doesn't play well, I can't trust other guys to step up. But I can with this Celtics team. And that's the difference. That's the big difference. I can trust a, a, a Brown and Marcus Smart type of game or a, a type of elite game from them when Jason Tatum is down. I can trust them to do that. I can trust Al Horford, who really, I mean, really shocking. You know, I mean, not shocking, but he, he's come in and, and played a huge pivotal role for the Boston Celtics this year to give me 20 and 15 like he did in game one. And that's the difference. So... I'm going to take Celtics in six, but if the Brooklyn Nets, and, and they are a very undisciplined defensive team. I mean, I, I'm watching the team. I'm like, do they even practice defense during practice? Like, is that is that a thing that they do? Um, but I'm looking at this team and I say, okay, this team is good and they have elite talent on offense, but defensively, they still they're just not there. They're just, they don't care enough. 
And that's the problem. They just don't care enough. Um, and, and so that's honestly my problem with it. I think they're very, like I said, very talented offensively. But when push comes to shove and KD and Kyrie aren't playing defense and, you know, you got Seth Curry and Andre Drummond out there. Bruce Brown's really the only guy in that lineup that I'm saying, oh, he could go play defense. But he can't give me anything offensively. So it's almost a burden. Um, so that so that's where I'm at with that series. I, I think it's a it's an interesting series. Um but overall, I, I'm going to take Celtics in six. So that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Um, I know I wanted to talk about two series, um, but I think I'm going to make just another podcast. Uh, I feel like it, 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 it would go on for too long. We're already here at the 20 minute mark. I will make another podcast actually immediately right after this talking about the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies because that's another intriguing series that I have.